Welcome to the film scene and thank you for joining us. It's another Thursday afternoon. We're bringing you another exciting episode of a filmmaker. As you know, on the show, we work, we have you in mind. We're invested in getting you off the couch. So we travel around the world and we find uh, innovative and inspiring filmmakers. We invite them onto the set so that they can share their insight into the film industry, all the great things they've been doing, their secret sauce, tips, techniques, so that we can get you working on the project that you want to work on, that dream project. Our mission here is to promote global collaboration with film in the film industry and to promote the cross-cultural exchange of ideas and instruction. Now, today we're filming in Atlanta, Georgia, so I really didn't have to travel very far. Right here in our backyard, we have a wonderful, very young and amazing, uh, he's a director, script, uh, script writer, he's an actor, and you'll hear, we have some fascinating things about him. He's right here in Atlanta, Georgia, was born in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Now I had to work really hard to say that on set. <laughs> so I need a halo. He's originally from Alabama, started out in stage and at a young age of eight years old, transferred into film, transitioned into film. And what, what I find very uh, inspiring about him is that in two and a half years, or probably less, he started in 2020, got into film, and in that short time, he has 25 films under his belt, seven of which he's directed. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that quite fascinating and intriguing. So I grabbed a hold of him, persuaded him to come on the show to tell you, again, I'm invested in you, to tell you how he's doing this, because this is really fascinating. So I'll take you right over, to Mr. Jake Alex Williams. Welcome, Jake. Thank you for joining us. I exactly. really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. I know you were filming when we spoke. You were in Arkansas wrapping up a film, and, and you gave me this long schedule. I've got this. I've got that. I said, Jake, I need, I need you to come and tell folks how you're doing this because this is really fascinating. Two years. 25 films, and this all happened during the time we were under the restrictions. So tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us how you're doing and, and all this exciting stuff you're doing here. Well, I've done, uh, it's been awesome. I, during 2020, I was still in college at the time and I was majoring and getting my degree in film and digital media. And I decided that I was going to take a semester off and I was like, I'm just going to pursue acting because I've always been interested in it. And I started doing auditions and I just happened to book my first feature film on like my. You just happened. It just, just happened ha to do just it. Just happened. Not, okay. We're going to talk about happened. that because yeah. we know it didn't just happen. <laughs> but um, I booked my first feature and then after that, I just kept going and I keep pushing myself to do better than the last. Right, right. And I want to talk about that because I know now, now you make it sound real easy. Oh, it just happened. And, and you're giving people the fake impression that it's all luck and, and, you know, that groovy smile and all that. But you and I both know it's hard work. So if you could think of three things that you could contribute to your success, because you're, you're on a roll, you're on a slew of films, one right after the, it's like you don't catch a break. 
tell us what, what what it is you're doing because I know the audience, they're actors in our audience and they also want to know what it is that they can do to make this happen for them. Well, you see, one of the things that I always try to do with my auditions to make myself stand out and be a little different is I always approach auditions as I want to be the one that makes the first impression and I want to make myself different. Mm -hmm. And so when I get these auditions, I always uh, look for things that I can do differently that might make me stand out versus the other other people that are also auditioning for the role. And um, one example that I have, I, have, I, did this, I do this pretty frequently is mm -hmm. I did a Grammarly commercial uh, last year. Grammarly, like Grammarly. that scholarly thing yes, talking yes. about writing. Okay. Yes, uh -huh. I was the, I'm, I'm the Grammarly guy. <laughs> right, you're the Grammarly guy. I've seen you, by the way. Yes. Well, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yes. I play uh, four characters in that commercial. And when uh -huh. I got the audition originally for it, they the way they structured it out was they wanted me to do the same scene four times and I would do mm -hmm. it with a reader and they would read the other three characters and I would just do the different characters and send it in as four different files. Well, I decided that I wanted to be a little bit different with mine. So I filmed all four characters by myself and then edited it together like a short film. So I had myself popping up and I would edit myself talking to myself over here. And um, I, I booked the role and it was a lot of fun. And I think when I talked to the director, he told me that one of the reasons they picked me was because I did my audition so differently than mm -hmm. other people did. And so I always encourage actors when you're doing things, always make sure you're thinking outside the box. Cause I mean, even I did a, I did a commercial or I auditioned for a commercial that I can't totally tell you what it is for, but can't talk about I it. Okay. can't, can't tell you what it's for yet, but um, yeah. I did it and I wanted to be different. So I added music to it. I danced mm -hmm. along and I edited it like another short film and it mm -hmm. just makes you stand out and they want someone that's fun. And if you can grab them in the first 15 seconds, they'll watch the whole thing. That's the mm -hmm. biggest key of make sure you are immediately hitting them with the energy. Don't You're grabbing their attention. Last. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I, I have friends that are casting directors as well. And they, they've told me point blank that if you don't get their eye in the first 10 seconds, they're not going to watch it because they've got 50 other people that they've got to get through. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so you want to be different and attention grabbing. Right. It's funny you say that. I was talking to a casting director a while back, and one of the things she said, and this stayed in my mind, she said there are only two kinds of people we remember when we're casting. They're really good and they're really bad. <laughs> so so I think the message here, and, and even if you're really bad, they still remember you because you want to be memorable. And they kind of keep their eye on you so that when something comes up, they're like, that chap that really sucked let's call him and see what he does <laughs> let's see if he has grown so so i think right along with what you're saying stand out be different okay so that's tip number one i did request three so so yeah. tell us another one that i always personally do is and we we talked about this is i feel like when you're on set you are still auditioning you are always auditioning no matter mm -hmm. where you are because i've mm -hmm. i've booked a couple of movies that i've done i i've gone on set met somebody and they're like, hey, by the way, I have a feature filming next in a couple months. Do you want to audition for it? And it's because I was on set present with them. And you have to be nice to people. And I, it, it's, it seems like it's just you should just know this information. But so, so many people get feel like they're so much bigger when they get to this point. And no one is bigger than anyone. That, that's what I always try to tell people is everyone is a person. And you don't know who they might be. You might be talking to the next uh 
Tom Holland, like the next big thing. And you just don't know it yet. And so what I make my goal when I'm on set is I learn everybody's names. I always try to go out of my way to have a conversation just like personally and get to know these people because at the, at the end of the day, we're all doing something that we all want to be a part of. And so mm-hmm. it, you got to make sure everyone feels included. And that's something I truly believe. And I really want to see more of that on set is these people that want to work with others and not so self-centered because it really and, does pay off. I mean, it really right. Does. Yeah. In other words, come off your prima donna uh, high and relate, relate just as Absolutely. much as you relate when you're in the scene and you're present, be present outside is what you're saying. Absolutely. I mean, okay. no one, no one's too big to go get their own water. Like, right. just, Tom, Tom Hanks gets his own water. Yeah. 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 It, it's just, it, and that's, it's one of my pet peeves is when people act like they're so big and like, yeah, you're still a person like and and they've probably just done background work their whole life absolutely I, i've just, met some of those yeah yeah yes and so i always try to make sure that you're always nice to everybody i i, I mean i just filmed a movie in arkansas for a month and mm-hmm. um, i i mean i met all the i sat with the extras for lunch and i hung out with them and it's just it's just you gotta meet everybody because you don't know who you're meeting exactly exactly so, um, all right. So we've got one, be different. I want to go back real quick to that. When you talk about the Grammarly and you said uh, they wanted four characters and, and they had four, four characters and you did. Uh, tell me that again. What, what I, you so did I, that was different. Yes, I, I filmed it like a short film. So uh-huh. I, that's the way I made it different for me is I, I mm-hmm. played all four characters in my audition rather than cutting mm-hmm. it up like they asked for. Mm-hmm. And I put music behind it. I did weird lighting. I had myself like I did actual intensive editing where I popped up next to myself, too. So I looked over. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. It's, it's really just going the extra mile, those kind of things. And like, so. So you did where you appeared several times in the same scene about, and you did that through creative editing. Yeah, I did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to clarify because when you explained it, uh, listening as an audience, I'm thinking they may not have quite gotten what it is that mm-hmm. you did differently there because it, they were asking you for four characters and it sounded like you said you played four characters, but I wanted people to understand that you did a lot more than just yeah, playing yeah. four separate different characters. You did it all together and mm-hmm. created, made a, a short film, which was, which was fantastic. And yeah, that is uh, going outside the box because I think the typical person would have filmed four different characters. They would have filmed it in four different, yeah. that's the way they asked for it was they wanted it, you wanted, they wanted us to do the scene four different times. Mm-hmm. and just send them each individual file as this is this character, this is this character, this is this character. And the way I did it is I sent it as one file mm-hmm. with me literally standing next to each other, like turning and talking to each other as and had four different versions of me on screen at once. Right. So it took a minute to edit, but it turned right. out good. <laughs> it worked turned out, out and it worked out good for you. And, yeah. and if I may, I want to interject something in there, which I feel is so critical and it's something I constantly, constantly teach take risks because as you said they gave you instructions and they said this is what we want and you actually did your own thing which a lot of people would be oh i'm scared i don't uh, i don't want to do that you know because then they'll be upset because i didn't follow instructions you take risks and it either works or it doesn't but 
that's why people yeah and people yeah. hire you because they see you're willing to take risks i did a i did a movie one time i did a movie last year in texas where i auditioned for a character a little bit late i, I got an audition a little bit later than everybody else did and so i was in florida at the time and i didn't have my setup my typical mm -hmm. audition setup but the character they gave me this scene i was like i really feel like this character needs to do something other than just stand in front of a wall so i my girlfriend and i were filming it together in the kitchen and so while we filmed that audition i literally just made a sandwich out of the fridge and it's mm -hmm. it's you never do that because they ask they ask for you to do it on a blank wall but i did it in my kitchen opened mm -hmm. the fridge and uh ate my sandwich while i was doing the scene mm -hmm. and i booked that role and the producer came up to me on my first day on set and said you know we had someone booked in that role uh -huh. but we loved your audition so much because it was so different than anything we else we saw that we, we ended up bringing you in instead and uh -huh. so it, it, it just speaks more volume to you have to stand out and you can do it in any yes. way you want to. Right. And and whatever it is you have to do to stand out, sometimes I think also people are afraid to appear, in, to appear silly. Mm -hmm. And that's where people book a lot of role because what uh, directors and, and producers look at is if you have that confidence to where you don't care that you look silly, there go. I want. I want that fella. Mm -hmm. I want that fella. You know, I watched a audition. I think it was AGT with um, this chap who now has a show in Vegas, Piff the Magic Dragon. Mm -hmm. yes. And he did exactly that. He's on yeah. set. He's doing his thing, and he whips out his sandwich, <laughs> and he starts to prepare. I think this was the most hilarious thing, and and it was so different and astonishing and funny that he has his own show now with Vegas. Mm -hmm. He was just, yeah. He's great. So, yeah, I've seen a lot of his videos. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He, I, I just love him. It's, it's just so comical. And it's like, yeah, he has no cares. He's just going to stand there and make a sandwich. <laughs> and I could just imagine you doing that. That would be <laughs> so hilarious. So I, now, now you've got me curious. I would love to watch that. Absolutely. So if you can send that to me I, yeah, I and, and, and send it to me now, we post it underneath this uh, video also. I, I love people to see. And if, if there's anything else you want to share, the Grammarly uh, one, so that people can actually see what it is that you did. I would love to, to post that under here and, and Absolutely. have them take a look. Um, so those were two things that you gave me. Was there one more? The third one that I always say, and it's it kind of goes without saying, for me at least, I, it, mm -hmm. just growing up in theater, they always told you that you have to drill, 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 get all these lines down, just get really familiar with your work. Because mm -hmm. a lot of, the, with these turnovers being so quick, because you'll get an audition and it's due in three days, you have to sit down with it and really digest, like uh, dissect what you're looking okay. at. Mm -hmm. and so I spend a lot of time with my auditions of I know exactly what my character is going to say and why they're saying it. Not just it's not just saying words off the page. It's mm -hmm. what does this character feel and why are they going this direction? I, I just did an audition about. Um, sorry, I'm uh, it's not an NDA. Never mind. I, I did an audition where it basically didn't really make a lot of sense to me as a person. But mm -hmm. I had to make it make sense for my character and why he was thinking those thoughts. And that's always important. If you don't understand, then it's not going to come across as a good audition. You need to make sure that you understand everything that your character is doing in motivations. Right. Preparation. 
preparation. Um, and, and I'm so glad you said that because uh, um, as, a, as a director and a producer of shows, that, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. You get up on the stage, A, you don't know your lines, B, you, you have no idea of the subtext. I ask you why you're saying that. Uh, I don't know. I had one actor say to me, I was hoping you could tell me that. You got to know. That's why they <laughs> go ahead. That's, that's why you were hired, is to, to right. your own like thoughts to why oh, these you want me? Oh, do, do you want me to tell you every step along how to do it too? And I'm thinking, are you serious? I absolutely love that preparation. So, so be different. Uh, always, you know, be present on and off stage and preparation. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing those tips. I hope all the actors, I hope they were taking notes out there. Um, so I want to get into, now I want to dial back to something that you had mentioned and I'm curious about it and it might wrap up this whole thing we're talking about being present, this sort of thing. Now you did a film that won best actor, uh, bad, what, what, there was something in the Toronto Film Festival yes. you won and then, so it was best actor I and, won best, and best actor. young director. Mm -hmm. But yes. fantastic, yes. yes. Um, and from that, uh, someone saw it, absolutely loved it, and hired your whole team. Mm -hmm. Yes. Tell me, tell us a little bit about that because I know that wasn't because you won awards. I I know it was more than that. So tell us about that. So really, how that story starts was I was on a movie uh, early on. I think it was it was this past November. I was in a mm -hmm. I was filming a movie and I was coming out with my short film and it was, I had a big premiere party. I invited the whole cast and crew and on this other movie that I was working on, one of my fellow actors. And the movie we're talking about is before we break. Yes. Uh, my okay. short film was before we break. Right. I was on another feature called all in at the time. Mm -hmm. And when I was in all in one of my fellow actors, I was telling him about my premiere. I was like, Hey, I'd love for, love to have you come see my premiere. It's just uh, all my friends and I worked on the movie really hard. And I'd love for you to come be a part of our uh, little premiere. So mm -hmm. he came and he watched the movie. And afterwards, he texted me that he's like, dude, that was amazing. You know, I've been working with this company and we're going to go produce a short film out in New Mexico. And it's a it's a semi big budget for a short film. And I want you to come on as director. And so they hired me. And then I said, you know, I love working with my specific team but I love to get new people out there too. So can I bring some of my friends to come help out on the short film? They said, absolutely. So they flew me and my whole team over to New Mexico. We filmed this movie and uh, we just finished post today. So mm -hmm. thankfully that is uh, in the past and we're moving on to our next project. Wow, fantastic. And and this was the your first film that you were professionally hired as a director. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. That Thank you. and and you're still pretty young. You're what, twenty three? I am twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty five films under your belt. Seven you've directed. Just got your first gig. Finished pose. Fantastic. Kudos Thank to you. You you are an inspiration. You are an inspiration. Now, just so the audience are caught up with what we're all raving and ranting about, I'm going to roll that clip so that they can see. This new job position's been great. I got that new car that I wanted. That's nice. Yeah, it's been a ruin of a week. Are we okay? 
You're joking, right? What do you mean? <laughs> well, first, let's see. You've ignored me all week. Left me alone to cure those lousy assholes. And then you, not even once have you thanked me for getting the job interview in the first place. Not to even mention the fact that you didn't even have the decency to inform me that Emily is missing. Well, what the hell is that, Wyatt? Do you know how I found out, Wyatt? I found out on the news. Max, I'm sorry. I just, I just had a lot of, I've been under a lot of pressure this week. Really? Is that so? Because your girlfriend is missing. And all you've done about it is write some dumb article and then reaping all the props. And you don't feel one shred of guilt for hey, that? You know all? that's not true. No, I don't. Do you know why? Because I called the police station this morning and there is no report for missing. Did you even call the police? Because starting to seem like this entire timeline doesn't make any sense. Mr. Barnes, my office now, please. I don't have all day, you know. And Fincher. Yes, ma'am. Copy, decap, to Splenda. So, how are you enjoying the job, Mr. Barnes? Oh, it's, uh, it's been great. I've really enjoyed it, and it's really helped me get over some things surrounding the case. Oh, well, that's great. And, you know, I actually think we're getting really close to finding Emily. I've found some leads. I hope you're not getting that close. Sorry? I hope you're not getting that close to finding her. The ratings are great. Hell, at this rate, She'll be national news within two weeks. National news? Yes. Speaking of that, I've been doing some thinking. Your writing on this case is great. It's got that emotional grip edge. And it's, it's truly wonderful. So I was thinking to myself, how can I elevate this even more? Wyatt. I want you to report the case as a reporter, not just some journalist behind the camera. You want me to be a reporter? Of course. You've got what it takes. So, what do you say? Hey! Oh my god, this has been the longest week of my life. So, what's the plan? How are we doing this? I was thinking amnesia, or I was abducted by aliens, or I was taken by a gang, but I managed to escape due to my wit and strength. What's wrong? I need three more days. No, no, no. Three more days, you said a week. What Emily, happened? they gave me the reporter position. I, all I need to do is just report your case live a few more times and I'll become established and it's a stable job and it's more money. I can't do this for another week. I'm losing my mind. Not to mention my family is worried hey, about family, me. With the journalist money, we would be fine. With the reporter money, we would be freaking great. <laughs> I, I, three more days, I promise that's it. Three days. Three days, that's it. I can do three more days. I love you. Who is that? Might be your mom. She called me at work.
Go upstairs. Go upstairs. White Barnes? Yes, sir. We have some questions we need to ask you. Uh, sure. Come on in. First of all, I know it's the, the, the project that you're the most proud of. It is, yes. And, and I can see you beaming already. So I wonder... If I want you to tell us why this is special to you. But before you do, there are two questions I have for you. You said this film was a love letter to theater. It is. Explain that. Yes. Because well, you wrote it, right? You I wrote did. it and directed and acted I, in it. And edited and I, and I, did, everything. did, everything. I, I did everything for this movie. Okay. You were beaming um, from ear to ear. Look yes. at that. Yes. Well, this uh -huh. movie, I originally wrote it as a love letter to theater, and I always like to throw a little bit of theater in my style of directing. Mm -hmm. But um, originally, this was written as a musical, and it changed to just a short film. I don't know if you knew that, but it was originally a musical. Uh -huh. And um, I wanted to show off still some of the theater aspects in the piece with mm -hmm. my directing. And so as you can see from that clip specifically, there's, uh, there's weird lightings. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that always stands out to me in theater versus film is I feel like you get to have a more one-on-one -on -one experience with the actor when they're on stage and you're in the same room with them. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that is getting to see them walk off stage when they're done with their specific scene. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of these characters and what I do in my style for this specific piece is you see characters when they're in their feelings and we actually get to watch them walk all the way off screen rather than just cutting to the next scene. And you can see that with uh, Max and Wyatt when they're standing there and they're kind of arguing in the hallway. We watch Max walk all the way around the corner and get fully off screen before we go to the next scene. And that's kind of a very theater-esque thing of getting to see physicality of the way they move and just getting to feel more with that character sympathy, sympathy-wise just by seeing them without saying anything. <laughs> so that's one aspect of why it kind of has more of a theater-esque feel to it. And then also the lighting is another thing I wanted to talk about. But um, in theater, you very rarely see just the same kind of whitewash colors mm -hmm. and same. So I wanted to make sure that my lighting was changing throughout the scenes in different uh, situations. And so you see that light that's blue and it's flashing blue, flashing blue, flashing blue, then it turns red. And that's a very kind of theater-esque thing too, along the lines of just lighting's changing. And so I, that's the way I wanted to direct it and show it off as it's still got its theater roots to it as well as a uh, film now. So you started out at the age of eight and you started out in theater. And so you did um, until, and you started in, am I correct in saying you actually really started in film in 2020 or did you start I did. before? I, I had okay. my first like film credit in 2017 as like a tv show but it was really the only thing i had done and then after tw when 2020 started that's when i really started getting my film credits mm -hmm. 
So you did, you were on stage quite a bit. You were you in a yes. musical. Yes, I was in, I was in a lot of musicals. Cause, cause I think, I think I remember you telling me that you also sing or you, and you play an instrument. What instrument do you play? I don't play an instrument, but I you, do sing. Yeah. You sing. Okay. Yes. And so I've done, I've done over 50, 50 musicals on stage. And then I've always wow, like for, five zero. Mm -hmm, yeah. You That's truly, I, see, I wasn't wrong. You are inspiring. Okay. So from the age of eight, you've done 50 musical. You're 23 now. Okay. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's been, yeah. it's, it's what I did this. Uh, it's all I did is I was always doing back to back, 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 next show, next show. And, um, actually I, I took a break off the theater from just cause this is taking up so much of my time. But mm -hmm. earlier this week, I auditioned for my first professional theater and mm -hmm. I have a callback for that tomorrow. So okay. Are we going to see you on Broadway here soon? I, I, I'm, I'm thinking so. I've, I've auditioned for three Broadway shows. Oh, look at I'm, that. See, yeah, I'm not a, lying. Yeah. Actually, when I did a callback, uh, for the, I didn't get it, but I did get called back for Marty McFly and back to the future on Broadway. Okay. Oh, so, so we probably are going to see you here soon. Hopefully. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, no, we will with, with the, your dedication and the, and your work ethic. I don't see why not. And you're a charming young fellow. You're a good actor. So why not? I haven't heard you sing, but that's because you haven't sent me a clip, but you will, right? <laughs> sure. So that we can include yeah, sure. it in here. No, seriously, I would love to, I would love to get yeah. whatever work. I know sometimes with the, with the, um, scripts, the playwright, they don't allow you to film, but if you have something, I'd love, even if it's a short clip, I'd love yeah. to include it in there. Yeah. So you actually answered. So this love letters to, to theater, what you actually were doing here is bringing it to film and showing your love and what you've learned. You're integrating what you've learned there into the film because perhaps this is where your heart is. Hence, a love letter to theater. Mm -hmm. I, I love theater with all my heart and I love film too. And I just want to see those two mediums kind of work together more because we don't, I mean, we see it in some of the new film musicals, like especially La La Land. La La Land is a mm -hmm. lovely, oh, yeah, love that was theater, beautiful. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and I would love to see more of those aspects translated uh -huh. in film as well, as because I'm hoping that we can swing back that way a little bit. Right, right, or merge it so you can have the best of both worlds. Absolutely. Yes. So you went to school for film and digital media, I did. and so you wanted to. What was that you had mentioned about the the theory? I'm trying to think. There was something yes. you had said to me about uh, the film theory that you were uh, color theory, color theory, yes, color, theory. color theory that you wanted to integrate. And hence yes. you mentioned just now the colors that you use here. So I wanted you to expand a little bit on that as to, uh, and a little later, we're going to go into some more finer details about certain clips and certain aspects that direct from a director's perspective. Uh, camera angles and colors and lighting, that sort of thing. But tell us, uh, an, uh, as an overview, in this particular clip that we just showed, mm -hmm. the uh, value of uh, color theory. Yes. So color theory has always been something that's intrigued me, specifically mm -hmm. because colors make you feel different, different feelings about characters and see, can see shifts along the way. And so specifically the clip that I'm going to talk about is the blue and red that we saw in the flashing lights. Mm -hmm. Wyatt at this point in the film has been through a lot of like, he's just kind of getting pushed into this situation of 
uh, he's kind of blue to me simplifies uh, going with the flow and calm and just trying to keep keep everything together. Whereas red is a much more aggressive color and it shows power over everything. And so with those two colors, I really feel like you can see a shift in Wyatt based off of the colors that you see. For the red, that's the first time he's deciding that he's going to use this situation and he has decided to take control of it and he's going to make himself. Uh, that's really where we see his character shift into a passive, into more of a person that is uh using their situation i'm trying to think of the word that you would use for that but not a passive character anymore he's moving mm -hmm. in his own direction and he's causing things now mm -hmm. and i think that's always and you can see that in the colors because the red always simplifies more power and mm -hmm. uh what's important to them yeah um i think when you and i talk i had mentioned um Silence of the Lambs, where, yeah, that was very similar to what you did. And they did the same color coloration to emote that emotional, the inner workings of the character at the time and certain um, anticipatory elements that they're trying to get the audience to understand what's about to happen. Because I, I think they, they, they did it. It was more anticipatory so that we could kind of get the sense that the mood has changed here mm -hmm. um, and we're going into a different sort of psychological situation. So it was more from a psychological, I think in that was more from a psychological than an emotional perspective, but you used it to depict emotion, the emotional changes in this mm -hmm. particular scene which is very interesting. Color, uh, as a designer, we're always so much aware of color concepts and, and how they come across, to the, how they're read by the audience, the visual communication of that. So yeah, very interesting that you would use that in, in, in a very purposeful way. Yeah, so I know in this film, uh, again, as I said, I think there, there are many reasons that you're really proud of it. And I think, um, you, when you made this film, you were still in film school. I was. It was oh. my. Uh, it was my graduation film, so I had no okay. caps. Okay. My last film that I did. So then I'm correct in saying because that's what I was going to say. I think that what you did in this film is you incorporated a lot of the elements you were learning there, and you can see them very purposefully placed in this particular film. So I know that we, you wanted to explain some of them and get into more details about uh, the aspects that you're using here. So what I'd like to do is roll that clip and uh, have you break it down to point out the different elements you're using and then I'll roll it again just for a recap for the audience. So I'll go ahead and roll that clip.
I saw, I saw, um, we talked about it repetition. So I want yes. you to, yes, yeah. Yes. Repetition that. to me has always been part of my style and what I think mm -hmm. is, it's always very integral to a story. I feel like if you come back to certain beats and you repeat them over and over again, you kind of get the audience to feel uh, safe in that thought. And mm -hmm. so I felt like what you see is that he keeps getting letters from his girlfriend that are on the mirror. And so he'll pull off a sticky note and he'll read it and then he'll go about his day, go down the stairs. And so I do that over and over and over again. So till the last time where he reaches for it and there's not a note there, it has more of an impact of, okay, well, you can see that this uh, relationship has clearly fallen apart where he's no longer getting notes from his girlfriend. And so I really wanted to show that off with the repetition so we could hit that moment very hard. And there's another instance of color theory in that. I don't know if anyone saw it, but the- I saw the notes. part when he was in red. Yes, well, there's that, but also the post-it notes on the on the mirror, they're different mm -hmm. colors depending on the girlfriend's mood. And so when things are good in the relationship, the color of the piston, it's blue. But uh, mm -hmm. when things are rocky, it turns purple. And when she's upset with them, it's red. Oh. And so that's a shift color, color wise as well. Okay. Yes. Okay. I thought she was just being creative and, and put, put in different colors. It was, it was thought through. <laughs> okay. It was, it was well thought out. Okay. Yes. Now, in the, the last scene, when she's sitting there pondering, and we can see clearly she's angry because you mm -hmm. use the distance also to depict that, you know, there's not a closeness, there's a distance. And also she, she's backing you. I saw your image there in red. Why, yes. why is that in red? So the whole movie, there's a shift in color and I'm, we've talked about color a lot on this, but mm -hmm. um, there's... In the first clip, you saw the boss and she's wearing a red jacket. And so for most of the movie, Wyatt's character doesn't wear red. He wears uh, blues and whites mm -hmm. until he's gotten to this point where he wears red. So I made it a point to where the only characters that wear red in this movie is Helen Matthews, who's the evil kind of boss, until she takes off her red and gives it to Wyatt. And Wyatt gets to wear red, where he is kind of taking control and he's over the whole situation. Right, so right. It's, it's, it's neat. And I, I'm so happy that we pulled this off because I, I was telling people, I'm sorry, you can't wear that. You got to go change because it, it made sense to me of mm -hmm. you have to be very specific about those colors. And my favorite thing about that clip where she's leaning forward and he's behind her in the back is that light where it's red and shooting down the stairs. It fades out as um as he's going up the stairs. And I had a 15 minute conversation with my AD fighting to get that light there because it's like mm -hmm. it's it's a very theater-esque. And also, I think it really just shows the presence of he's not a good person. Like you see that the whole room shifts colors when he's there mm -hmm. versus when he's not there. And it just kind of gives you more of his presence in that mm -hmm. light. So you used it mainly to show more like a demonic character. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, you said something just now about the boss when she took off her red and gave it to him but she didn't really physically take it off am no, i correct she didn't. no she didn't physically take it off it was more of like a metaphorical power right that's what i thought yeah, yeah. i, so I she, wanted to clarify that yeah we give the color of red because each color everyone's got their kind of own color scheme but right. specifically wyatt and helen have a very drastically different color scheme and so we see him shift as mm -hmm. he changes as a person from this kind of meek wanting to be the big guy into mm -hmm. being the big guy. And we see that shift with color. We went from blue to red. Yes. Right. 
with a little bit of gradation in between. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and then with the boss, we went from, she started out red. Am mm -hmm. I correct? She starts then, out red and turns uh -huh. into pink. She went is, into pink. Didn't make it all the way to blue. No, she didn't make it to blue. <laughs> she didn't have a full change. It's more of like a, she's sitting back while Wyatt takes the reins. Right, right. Because she has transformed him, converted mm -hmm. him. Yeah, she got what yeah. she wanted out of the situation. Right, so. right. Very interesting. Very, very interesting how you use the colors. Now, there's um, another aspect that... I wanted to talk with you about mm -hmm. in the end of the film. So he's made it, he's doing fantastic things. His attire has changed and his shoe is mm -hmm. still all ratty. Let's talk yes. about that. Yes. Yeah. So one of the things that we really went along with in the movie, Wyatt always has the same pair of shoes, no matter where he is. And so throughout mm -hmm. the movie, we see him, starting kind of these clothes that are a little too big for him. They're a little baggy. And then you get to see him all the way up into like a full suit when he's on national TV talking mm -hmm. and the shoes say the same. They're these kind of muddy torn up bands that I have. Mm -hmm. And um, the point of that is to show that Wyatt has always been the same person, no matter how the situation has changed. I, to me, this character, even though we see him change kind of like in the way he treats situations, he's still the same person. So I think it's kind of showing off that Wyatt has always been this self-centered person. He just never had the opportunity to be his himself. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's another thing that makes that film so intriguing is that he doesn't really change past, like he does treat people differently, mm -hmm. but as a sole person, he hasn't changed at all. Right. Cause those shoes, as they say, the shoes or the feet or the seat of the soul. So the shoes being there, you're internally, your core, you're still that same person, although yes. the external and perhaps your state, your, your status in life has changed. But so you kept the shoes consistent to show that, that he still really hasn't changed inside. Yeah, he's always right. been this person. Right, right. Yeah, which is, uh, again, pretty pretty interesting the elements that that you've used is there other are there other elements that you wanted to highlight in this film there there is one other shot and i, I can send you a link to this later but my okay. favorite shot overall in the movie is there's a staircase after the detectives have left and uh so Wyatt is at the bottom of the stairs and emily is at the top of the stairs and they're just staring at each other and that it's like a 15, I think it's, I think we ended up going with eight seconds, but it's eight seconds of just silence of them staring at each other. Mm -hmm. And the point of that shot to me is that it's the first time that we really get to see the power struggle between these two of Wyatt knows that she holds all the power and that's why she's up here, but she's too afraid to go do anything because she's afraid of Wyatt who's at the bottom of the stairs. Mm -hmm. And so that shot to me has a lot of like weight to it. And I, that's what I try to do with all my shoes movies and mm -hmm. shots is every shot has been drawn out and I've thought about it and why each shot means something. Mm -hmm. No shot is just put in the movie of, I just need this to be here to feel like time. Oh, they're just saying this. Every shot has been thought through and everything has a purpose. And so, and that's what I encourage directors to mm -hmm. do as well. When you're making a movie, make sure that everything has a purpose. If something doesn't have a purpose, then it doesn't need to be in the movie. You can just cut it out. Right. So that's what I always feel like is important. 
Right. Um, interesting because uh, I know in True Grit there was a scene where they, I don't remember the girl's name, that was uh, when the, the fellow took her father's horse and she was trying to get it back and he didn't want to give it back because he felt that she was just young, insignificant person. But when she got the money and the tables turned, the director again used this, the exact uh, concept of using the camera angle to show now the position is reversed. She is the mm -hmm. bigger person and they use uh, distance and angle to show that. It's a position has been reversed here as to who's in power. They did the same thing. There's a shot in Godfather where they did the same thing with Michael and his sister and her husband. Very uh, uh, amazing uh, the way they arranged that to to, you, to show the angles, light and angles, because it put them in the dark also. So yeah, a lot of these different director and, and DP tricks that are used in, in film. So I... I wish you had that clip and maybe as you said, you can send it later yes. because I'd love to integrate it so that the audience, the audience can see exactly because 15 seconds also, it sounds like a short time, but for a standoff for 15 seconds. Yeah. Just silence yeah. after this yeah. big moment. I mean, it, it is really jarring. Right. And I, yeah. we, it, the original cut was, I think it was like 20 seconds and then I got bumped to 15 and then it got bumped yeah. to eight. Yeah, and okay. I, I really wanted to do twenty, but my my editor fought. Or I yeah. I edited half of it, and then someone else edited the other half, and so we, we fought a little right. bit about that. <laughs> maybe maybe there's there's a couple of seconds there we can put in to elongate this film so we get it to that feature, right? There there's a moment yes. there we can <laughs> yes. because because I think um, that psychologically it, it works. It's like a settling in of of a person coming to an understanding that mm, power dynamics have shifted. Mm -hmm. and really soaking that in and contemplating okay i do want it but i can't because and yeah and 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 with that elongated silence you the audience could really get that sense that ah they're pondering they're mm -hmm. feeling it that what are they going to do and it holds that tension mm -hmm. yeah That's so it would be it. would be really nice to have it your have your way and have that 20 seconds <laughs> yes yeah so Tell me, uh, there were a couple of things you wanted to talk about, repetition, lighting, and color with regards to this film. And I think we covered those. Was there, was there anything else uh, about this film that you really wanted to hone in on? You know, those are the main things. I think another okay. thing that I think is always important when you're writing a story, and I, mm -hmm. I tried my best in this one to do so, is there's so many characters. There's, there's about, I think there's 30... 31 speaking characters in this mm -hmm. 40 minute film which is a ton that's a uh, lot yeah. yeah and so i wanted the world to feel real and so mm -hmm. everyone has their own purpose a lot of these every character if they're in this they have a name i mean it could be girl one but everyone's everyone's named and um it's all important in the way of story building so mm -hmm. we have there's events where um if you're watching the tvs throughout it we talk about there's a missing dog named bebo and the last TV that we see is that they found the dog. Mm. And it's just, it's like everything is completed in the movie. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's another, one of my favorite little gags in the movie is that we have a montage shot and it's a three second shot where we see Max eat a cookie. Mm -hmm. And then later on in the movie, uh, a 
Rhonda, who's one of the news anchors, screams, I swear, if I find out who ate the last cookie, I'll have your hand. <laughs> and so everything is just like everyone, it keeps calling back to itself of this happened, this happened. We saw the mayor win the mayor election. And then if you're listening to the radio, uh -huh. you'll hear for like five seconds of the uh, old mayor candidate uh, mm -hmm. saying how he lost. But he's like, it's OK, because I like the mayor. Like it's it's all repeats itself. Right, right. And so it's and important so to story build. Yeah, and it's almost like they're, we're finding resolution and all the issues that were issues before. So mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like when you're doing music and you, you're you in the KFC, you, you have that anticipation that, you know, you can almost anticipate that we're going to come back to that note mm -hmm. uh, because that that is what the music is written in. So it's a very similar concept, I guess. And I think for humans, we we are more settled with that repetition and because it's something you can anticipate and it mm -hmm. gives us more a sense of being settled. We become a little unsettled when we can't anticipate it. And, and of course you never want to unsettle your audience unless it's yeah. deliberate. Unless you want to. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Unless, you know, you're try really wanting to be different and trying out something different. But, um, so, What's next for you? You're working on a film. Tell us about that. Yes. Mm -hmm. My next movie that I'm working on is actually with uh, my first professional directing gig that I did in Mexico. Mm -hmm. It's with the same studio and we're raising money to get for my next short, which we blew. Mm -hmm. And it is a... Uh, it's called it's Blue. A, okay. It's called Blue. It's my first mm -hmm. uh, period oh. piece. It takes place in the 1940s. And we, it's, it, get, it takes place in two period pieces, uh, two periods, two 1940s periods. and then... The future so we have mm -hmm. a very like cgi built world as long as well as the 1940s nightclub era mm -hmm. which will be very cool mm -hmm. so tell us specifically jake for people because of course on the show we're always looking to promote cross-cultural collaboration and the exchange of ideas and instructions so tell us specifically for those listening around the globe what is it that someone who may be interested in this film can come in and bring I know there's always the funding issue but let's say somebody right let's say somebody wants to come in and, and jump on the project what specifically are you looking for from the world that can help make this project happen well one of the things that we see in the movie is our main characters going through all of his memories that he has and so mm -hmm. I actually I have this little painting that can help you can see these little paint splotches and in these paint splotches this is kind of what my concept art is Mm -hmm. is we'll see a different memory in each one of these paint splotches. Mm -hmm. And it's important for me when he's going back in time, seeing these different memories that we want pieces of uh, film from all over the world. So we want like the Eiffel Tower in one of these and then mm -hmm. the, the pyramids in Egypt because he's a very well-traveled man. He's been everywhere. And mm -hmm. so I want to get footage from every one of these places and try to make it look like different eras if possible. So that's okay. that's what I'm trying to do. And I would love to reach out to anyone that would that is a cinematographer or a director of photography. Uh, we're looking for these shots to put in the movie and just kind of highlight all over the world. Okay, so just essentially shots of uh, landmarks, places, landmarks, and like okay. it, could, it could even be like a if you have a TV and you want to be mm -hmm. part of it. We're looking for footage of like if you can just get a if you have a box tv like an old uh -huh. an old setting of just throw an old tape on that and get mm -hmm. footage of that and we'll use it cuz okay. we need a ton of old footage and and when you're saying shots you mean 
video clips. You don't make yes, photographs, video, video yeah. clips. Video Let's clips. be, yeah, want to yeah. be specific. And MP4 formats or what form? Because you know, around the yeah. world, you're going to get yeah. different formats. Yeah, I would love, uh, I think MP4 would be. MP4 perfect. is great. Okay, mm -hmm. we'll put that also in the description below and we'll put your contact information. So That's anyone that wants to contact you, how do they get in touch with you? You can email me at uh, jakealexwill at aol.com. Okay, name. and we'll have that in the description below. So Jake, if there's one thing you want to leave our audience with, I mean, you're 23 years old, you're doing an amazing job in acting, directing, script writing, all this sort of thing. What is it, and, and you've been to school for it, I know sometimes people always think, oh, I don't have a formal education. You know, we come up with a lot of different reasons as to, to why things are not working out for us. What is one thing you want to say to directors, filmmakers, and actors as to get off the couch and get that dream yes. project done? I, I always say never give up on anything. Okay. If you have something, make sure you're always working at a new goal. If you want to be a filmmaker, I mean, you got to go out and just do things. Mm -hmm. I, I have tons of projects that I'm writing and I'm always filming with my friends. Even if I'm not doing like, if I'm not acting with uh, on a bigger set, I'll just go grab a camera and I'll go outside and film a little short sketch with my friends. You've got right. to consistently push yourself because if you're not pushing yourself forward, no one else will. Right. So be your best advocate and keep pushing forward. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, one thing I didn't ask you, what is what was your inspiration? Uh, my inspiration? Well, as a child, my mom uh, wanted me to have my thing. And I really didn't have a thing for a very long time. I didn't feel like I was good at anything. And so when I found theater, it was the first thing that I was like, I have potential to be good at this. And so I stuck with it. And um, I, I'll admit, I wasn't very good <laughs> starting growing up. And um, I, I just wanted to know that I could do it. And so I pushed myself forward and I trained and I trained and I trained. And it's just something that I've fallen in love with. And you got to keep, I love telling stories and I'm happy that I get to do it now. Okay. So again, here again is someone who grew up thinking they didn't have much of a talent and just sort of serendipitously fell into it and developed a love for it and did the work. And and again, I really want to emphasize that because people always seem to think it's luck, it's this, it's nepotism. No, it's work. It's work. Just keep doing it every day. So thank you so much for all the insight that you shared today. And of course, to our listeners, we travel all around the world to get uh inspiring filmmakers to bring on the set to share their insight with our guests. So send us an email if you'd like to be on the show. It's the film scene, just as it's spelled, uh, T-H-E-F-I-L-M-C-I-N-E at gmail.com. We'd love to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Jake, for coming on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy chap. I know I'm going to see you here on Broadway You'll send me some clips here soon so that we can share with the audience. Yes. Thanks to my producer, Christian Gonzalez. Really appreciate having you here and all the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us. Looking forward to seeing you next Thursday. It's 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you. Jake, don't go away. <laughs>